What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hapticast, episode number 36. My name is Josh Toll, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Brett Roberts, and our AI companion, HBot. Hello, Brett. Hello, Josh. Hello, HBot. Welcome to Hapticast. Uh, listen, this week... We got a we got new uh, we got a new setup, kind of inside of Haptic HQ. Uh, we got new rigging for our chairs, uh, so you know, it probably looks a little different on your end. So, yeah, it looks different it. on my end for sure. I'll say that. Yeah, um, but yeah, we got new rigging because uh, we uh, were really burned out the hydraulics in our previous chairs, so we had to get some new rigging for that. All right. Well, Josh, what's on today's rundown for our topics? <sighs> Diarrhea. <laughs> we are nice. going to be talking about today. Uh, Xbox, uh, uh, you know, the Bethesda stuff is finalized. Um, so we're going to be chatting about that um, and some exclusivity stuff with that. Obviously, that's coming. Can we talk about the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game that was just announced with a little reveal trailer? Um, and we are going to be discussing Rust and some abysmal stuff with the Rust servers being burnt to the ground. Um, and then we also have a little game this week called Jutsu Squad for Indie Intel, which looks slick. I think that's it. I think I caught everything. But before we hop into what we normally do and our main topics, we're playing a little live stream, Brett. We are planning a little live stream, Josh. Do you want to talk about it? Hmm. I could, but I could also just show you all this trailer instead. Take a look. Over here, stranger. Got something that might interest you. <laughs> Got a selection of good things on sale, stranger. What are you selling? Oh boy, I hope that trailer's good. Uh, it's probably fine. Yeah. At the time of recording this, we haven't recorded the trailer yet. So whatever we came up with, I we hope you all like. Not even trailer. Trailer is misleading. Teaser. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll be doing that. Um, schedule is either in, probably in the teaser. I would, maybe. We're not. But, you know, uh, keep an eye on our socials uh, and all of that. Um, and we're going to be doing that and playing that game. Resident Evil 4, obviously, until um you know the release of resi 8 i have never played resident evil 4 before so we're gonna be playing it with brett and uh, we'll go through and uh, i'll experience it for the first time so i'm excited i'm very excited for that uh i love that game it's inspired many 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 of our favorite games so i think you're gonna have a good time yeah true but all right well before we hop into our main topics brett why don't we uh Talk about what we've been doing, watching, sucking, and fucking this week. Sure. You want me to go first? Whatever you want to do. All right. So 
this week I watched a lot of anime. I watched uh, Skate the Infinity, which I mentioned that I watched episode one of last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm now caught up with the English dub, so I'm on episode four, I think. Mm -hmm. I also started watching Jujutsu Kaisen, which I know is like a really, really popular show and Mm -hmm. um, and manga as well. Yeah. Um, what else? What else have I done, Josh? I played a lot of Valheim with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are now officially in the mountains. It's very bad. There's dragons. There's wolves. Yeah. There's golems. Oh my. There's a lot of bad stuff. But worse than the mountains, the plains. Last night we spent probably three hours trying to take over a uh, a little village in the plains, only for Dude. us to die about one billion times. And then we finally killed every what are they called? Fullings, fuelings, fullings, fulling, whatever. Fullings. Yeah, we killed all of them that were there. Built a base in their town. We were like, this is a cool little village. We're gonna build a house here. They came. They killed. Me, they killed you. They killed Christian, our friend from Say Before Quitting podcast. Shout out to them. Uh, mm-hmm. They destroyed the house. They destroyed the portal we built. They destroyed it all. Yeah. And then I think we just got off. So. Yeah. I mean, we really only needed the totem. Um, yeah. But I don't think any of us thought that they would continue to return. Um, yeah. After we built that, now we probably could get away with building a, a stronghold there, um, but it's not even worth it. <laughs> the area is so abysmal anyway. We don't want to be there. It's ridiculous. Is yeah. the best way to to put it. The planes are absolutely ridiculous. Uh, the Valheim creators were high out of their mind when they designed this area in the game. Yeah, it's not good. What about you? What have you been doing? Uh yeah. Uh, same stuff you've been doing. We played a little bit more Apex this week. Yep. Um, I caught up with Skate the Infinity like you are. Um, I started Megalobox uh, on your recommendation that I should have watched a long time ago. Um, and I'm about three quarters of the way through that. Absolutely loving it. Um, yeah. One of the best things I've watched in a long time, anime-wise. Um, so I'm really, really enjoying that. Um, wait, still waiting for Dr. Stone, which actually there's a new episode now. Um, yeah. which I got to watch. Um, besides that, played a little more uh, Bowser's Fury, um, which nice. is cool. Um, I really should just sit down and beat that, but I haven't been playing a ton on my Switch, uh, mainly because we were playing a lot of Valheim and stuff. Um, I started something else this week, and I can't remember now. See, this is why I need to write stuff down. Yeah, me too. But... Um, I got Jason Schreier's previous book, um, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, uh, in preparation for his new book that's coming out in May, um, which I'm sure you know we'll talk about some of the bombshells that are put in that uh, at some point on the pod. Um, it's good. It's really good. Good. Good to hear. Um, it's it's very interesting. I feel like there's Jason Schreier is one of the few people that does like long form, like actual good reporting on the video game industry. That's not just fluff pieces because a lot of people in this industry do fluff pieces or they like skate around stuff because they don't want to lose access to games, um, which is like just disingenuous uh, and shitty. So yeah. Gotcha. It's cool. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I'm probably forgetting a lot, but that's a little flavor for you. 
All right. Well, with that being said, then, Josh, why don't we hop into our main topics? Let's do it. So the first topic we're going to be discussing today, folks, is Microsoft um, confirms, quote unquote, some future Bethesda games will be exclusive to Xbox and PC. So I just want to preface this by saying, Brett, obviously, like, obviously this was coming because Xbox just spent billions of dollars acquiring. Like, why would they not? Like, you know what I mean? Why would they not? do that so i think i think people that are getting upset or pissed off by this uh, you're fucking stupid dude that you thought that this wasn't going to impact exclusivity right or at least preference of those platforms so anyway if you if you thought that i don't know who you are but you're bad yeah you're not an intelligent human being um probably not somebody that's very smart um we're just somebody that's stupid and you know that's fine but you know don't talk on the internet then yeah, you're stupid. That person that. sounds really unintelligent. Um, okay, so head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, wrote about the acquisition on Microsoft's Xbox Wire, um, saying, well, he says a lot of stuff. I'm not, I'm not going to read this entire quote that I put in our rundown because there's a lot of information. But basically, I'll skip to the to the end here where it says, quote, this is the next step in building an industry-leading first-party studios team, a commitment we have to our Xbox community. With the addition of the Bethesda creative teams, gamers should know that Xbox consoles, PC, and Game Pass will be the best place to experience new Bethesda games, including some new titles in the future that will be exclusive to Xbox and PC players, end quote. I think some people were living in a bubble, thinking that uh, specifically with what's the death loop or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where they're, you know, Xbox is honoring that uh, timed exclusivity deal with PlayStation, which I think is cool. Good on them for honoring that. Yep. Um, I just think any possibility that this wasn't going to happen in the future is stupid. So, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, it's very important the way he says, uh, game pa- uh, Hold on. Gamers should know that Xbox consoles, PC, and Game Pass will be the best place to experience new Bethesda games, including some new titles in the future that will be exclusive to Xbox and PC. Right. right. So he's saying, you know, the best place to play all of these games are on their platforms, but also there are some new titles that will be exclusive to Xbox and PC. Right. So further clarifying that, you know, the titles that are already out, you can continue to play and love. They're not going to stop supporting Fallout 76 on PlayStation. Um, you know, all these all these games are still going to exist. They're still going to be good um, on PlayStation consoles. However, in the future, right there, the last sentence, new titles in the future that will be exclusive. Yeah, of course. And that makes complete sense. Um, and I think that from their perspective, right? I mean, Xbox is all in on their Game Pass stuff, oh, right? Yeah. Like this this even further strengthens the Game Pass value that you get with a company like this, which has so many popular, not just games, but franchises within yeah. them and so many studios within them. Um, that That is their ultimate goal, right? I think eventually we could see a space 15 20 years down the line where xbox might not be operating in the home you know hardware market anymore 
they might not need it. It might not be worth it for them because they have other platforms, especially if they continue to shift to more cloud-based stuff. And once that technology is fully there, you know, they might not need it anymore. And that's, that's what it comes down to is the software and the technology behind Game Pass. Um, yeah, because they're so them. ingrained in the PC ecosystem already. Right. At that point, a PC is just a super powerful console. So, right. you know, skip the skip the console altogether and just put Game Pass on PC, you know, cut yeah. the middleman out, which so, it already is. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I personally, I don't care. Um, you know, we both have both platforms. And if, you know, if there's a Bethesda game that I want to play that's exclusive to Xbox, I'll play it. Just like there's a shit ton of exclusive PlayStation games that I yeah. play there. There's a bunch of exclusive PC games that I'll play there. And, you know, whether it's on Epic Store, Steam, whatever it is, I don't care. Wherever it is, I'll play it. And if you want to play it, then that's fine. And I think we're starting to transition away, too, from PC players complaining about console exclusivity because you have the same thing on PC now between Epic Store, Steam, origin not it's actually not origin anymore but you know what i mean like all of that stuff you know what i mean like you can't cry exclusivity anymore because you're getting it within your own ecosystem now too so yeah and playstation games are coming to pc as well that's true that's true so there's some cross-pollination and i don't think exclusivity is a bad thing in general um i think it's good for a actual true free open market type structure um and, you know, if you want to play those games, then go to that platform. And if you don't want to go to that platform, well, then you're not going to play those games. Yeah. I think gamers need to start realizing that Bethesda Studios are now going to be considered first-party studios for Xbox. Sure. And um, they're already starting to plant the seeds there. They're already on, on Twitter. Um, the ex- official Xbox Twitter account is Vault Boy as their avatar. Um, right. They've put graphics up with, you know, famous... Microsoft mascots like Master Chief, uh, Marcus Phoenix, and then it'll have Vault Boy and the Doom Guy, Doom Slayer. Uh, So they're already kind of taking all these franchises and these mascots and putting them together with their mascots. You know, we have to, as gamers, we have to understand that, uh, you know, this is as if this is like Naughty Dog to Sony, right? Yeah. You know, it's their studio now. So, yeah. Bethesda is Xbox now. All right. right. Why don't we talk about some turtles, dude? I'm ready to talk about some turtles, especially the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja kind. Yeah, especially me turtle heading out of my ass right now from drinking this coffee. You know what we need? We need to build in toilets to our seats, dude, so that when I have to take a shit, I can just open up like a little slit on my pants and just dunk, take a duke down in there, and it's going to go all the way down past the theater into the fucking sewage pipes below. Listen, dude, I've been... You know, we've been friends for over 10 years at this point. <laughs> that might have been the worst idea you have ever had. And also one of the grossest. Building toilets into our seats? You're going to poop right in front of me. Yeah, dude, you're not going to see anything. I'll see your face. <laughs> and that's all, I, that's all I need to know is I'll be seeing your face. That's enough. Listen, dude, sorry. You'll smell it, too. I'm sure I will. I'm right here with you in the room. Yeah, that's all right. Anyway. Well, speaking of sewage... We're going to be talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ladies and gentlemen, they're getting a new retro beat-em-up game. If you are a fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, then you know Turtles in Time and the classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle arcade game. Personally, I played it at Chuck E. Cheese when I was a very young lad. Chuck E. Cheese? Yep, and every time you would die, you have to put some quarters in or the tokens. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I would play that at birthday parties instead of playing all the ticket games because I was like, this mm-hmm. is the most fun game here. You know? Yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So the game that's coming out is called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Mm. It is developed by Montreal based Tribute Games. And this is the thing that I think is most interesting about this. Two of the founders of the studio are Jonathan Levine and Justin Sear, who previously worked on Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, the game, and TMNT, the acclaimed 2007 brawler for Game Boy Advance at Ubisoft. So, so I was just going to say, those names sound extremely familiar, all of which, by the way, I did not know anything really. I watched the trailer, so Brett's blowing my mind right now. But yeah, yeah those names sounded extremely familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then some of the other games they've worked on, Josh, are um, Panzer Paladin, Flint Hook, which I know you're familiar with Flint Hook. It's mm-hmm. a classic indie game. Uh, yeah. Wizorb, and a game that you and I have actually played, Mercenary Kings. Oh, shit! It was a PlayStation Plus game a while ago. Yeah. So the publisher is Dotemu, and they've also leaned heavily into classic game uh, nostalgia with retro remakes and sequels such as Streets of Rage 4, Windjammers 2, and Wonder Boy the Dragon's okay. Trap. Makes a lot of sense. So we're getting like a developer and a publisher that both know what they're doing, it seems. Yeah. Including, yeah. you know, the developer who's worked on a TMNT game before, and they've worked on a critically acclaimed brawler, Scott Pilgrim, right? Right. So um, the game looks exactly like turtles in time but like more a little bit more modernized but it's that same old school 8-bit 16-bit looking game right right i think 16-bit would be the better way um so let me give you a little bit of the story here josh i don't know how much of a tmnt fan you are but you might recognize uh some of the names here okay so with bebop and rocksteady amassing gizmos to support krang and shredder's latest scheme Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge finds the Turtles battling through a breathless tour of iconic TMNT locations to thwart their nemesis's... Nemesis is an awful word. To thwart their nemesis's most diabolical plan yet. Armed with shell-shocking new abilities built on a foundation of classic brawling brawling mechanics, the gang are in for an exhilarating Foot Clan-stomping romp, leading them through the sewers. What? The Foot Clan, that's the ninjas that they fight. Dude, I thought, okay. There's some foot fetish thing going on here? Yeah, dude. But I thought, dude, okay. Just continue. The Foot Clan stomping romp, leading them through the sewers and bustling burrows of New York City, all the way to Dimension X. Chemical X. So the game is coming to consoles. They didn't say which consoles it's coming to. They just said coming to consoles and PC. Yeah. Hopefully Switch. Most definitely Switch. Uh, Scott Pilgrim just came to Switch, so I, I you know, you would yeah. assume it's coming. So, Josh, um, obviously, I'm very excited for this. Yeah. As a fan of the original. When you watched yeah. the trailer, what did you think? I think it looks fine. Uh, to be honest, I, you know, I'm really not a fan of beat em ups. Um, they don't really interest me. Uh, and I know there's a lot of really excellent games, uh, including Streets of Rage 4, including Scott Pilgrim, which, you know, I've actually. I, that's what I forgot to mention at the top of the show is that's I've been playing that on my switch too. Oh, okay. Um, and it's just, yeah, I think it's great. It's just not for me. Um, I really, they don't hold my interest, but I think it looks cool. And from a nostalgia point, 
Uh, I think that's the big seller here, right? Especially for people like you. So I never played Turtles in Time. I know of Turtles in Time, obviously, um, but I've never actually played it. And as far as being ingrained or like knowing a lot about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I really only watched the one, um, the one cartoon when I was a kid. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Um, and even that, like, I wasn't like super gung ho about, it was just something that I watched. So, but I think it's cool, uh, especially people like you, um, people like Christian, um, you know, from say before quitting podcast again. And yeah, yeah I, th I think, I think it's cool. I think it looks good. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for a lot of people and I hope mm -hmm. it's great. Uh, but for me, not for me. No, I got you. That makes sense. Um, I do want to point out like. The animation in the trailer uh, was phenomenal. Before they even got to the gameplay, I was like, oh, shit, what is this? Like, this looks really awesome. Uh, yeah. And then they got to the gameplay, and I was like, oh, okay, we're getting that. So yeah. I just want to say shout-out to them for making really cool animation as well. Uh, and then I kind of want to twist this topic a little bit because, you know, we talked about the game. Usually we don't, like, make a whole topic about a just a game announcement. So I wanted to ask mm -hmm. a question to you, Josh. Um what other classic games would thrive in today's market with a stylistic revival like this? Uh, and I have some examples. So Sonic Mania did this. They, they you know, they had a franchise like Sonic that had a really popular uh, gameplay style and style in general. They moved on from that, went more modern in 3D. And then recently they've gone back to that old style and it worked. But then you have games like Ghosts and Goblins and Battletoads more recently uh, that have done the same thing, but they've kept the modern. They, they tried to make it more modern looking, but it was the right. same style of game. Clearly not as big of a hit as Sonic Mania. So do you think that the classic look of this TMNT game is why it might succeed? Or, or what do you think? Like, how do you feel about that? I think there's like two camps with that both of which I'm not in, either of them. Um, I, th I think one is that people want a classic look. I think they want new content, but displayed in a way that reminds them of playing the originals. And I think there's another camp of people that want the same gameplay type feel, but more modern graphics updated. Gotcha. Um, for me, I think there's merit to both. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that feel, you know, they could go either way. Um, but to specifically answer your question about games that would benefit from this or that we would like to see, right? Mm -hmm. Is that kind of what you're asking? I guess, yeah. Is there any that you think you would uh, you would like to see? That's hard, man. There's a lot. Um, I think one would be like, let's get away from, oh, see, now I'm going to put myself in one of the camps. I'm, well, Do I'm it. a hypocrite, folks. Um, like, I would love to see, like, new like Spyro, Jack and Daxter, and Crash games with like maybe a little bit more updated graphics, but not in the way that they are now. Mm, not Crash <laughs> 4? No, uh, which it's cool, um, but like something a little bit more retro looking, but with more modern gameplay mechanics. Gotcha. So almost like in the same engine, but maybe not as glitchy uh, or buggy. Yeah, maybe, like not as, maybe not quite as many polygons, but you know. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, like things like that. I think about. I also think of uh, like about the original Tomb Raider games a lot before, like the the 3D trilogy stuff or like the new stuff. But like back in the day where it was like just puzzle solving um, and 
not really platforming, but kind of platforming light. Um, like, so some of that would be cool. And then I also think about some of the original, the way that the story modes and stuff like that were structured in like Mortal Kombat and Tekken and things like that. Video get like fighting games and stuff like that, I feel like have tried to just outdo themselves on like how they structure their stories, right? Or their single player stuff where it's like, Dude, I think about back to like Mortal Kombat, like Deadly Alliance and stuff like that, where it was like the crypt and just like straight up like this is the single player, but it's just arcade mode, mm. almost like a boss, boss rush type thing. Yeah. I don't need a story. I don't need any of that. Give me a slick fucking tower arcade like, progression system. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of games like that have moved away from it. And I think now if you did that, it would be very popular. Yeah, for sure. I have another example here. I don't. I think it falls into the more you know same style, but more modern graphics, um, in a way. So yeah. Dragon Ball Fighters, um, that game took the classic Dragon Ball fighting game style from Budokai, mm -hmm. and well, not even just the classic Dragon Ball Z fighting style, fighting game style, two D side like side to side fighting game. Um, right. And all the other Dragon Ball Z games at the time are doing 3D, fly around, you know, crazy shit. Like, yeah. So that's another another example there. But yeah, I think those are good examples that you that you pose there. And um, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Shredder's Revenge and uh, how it plays. And you know what, Josh? It is four-player co-op at the same time. I'm going to make you play, I'm sure. It's going to so. make me play, folks. Uh, I mean, I don't have a problem playing. I just, again, it's different if it's co-op. I just... I can see it being boring. Like a, a game like that is kind of boring when you're by yourself. Um, yeah, I'm just not into beat 'em ups, really. Um, yeah. I give my Scott Pilgrim example again, which is relevant since it's going to be the same people. Yeah. Um, it's really good. It's a great, solid game. Yeah, I can only play it for about 20 minutes, and I'm bored. Yeah, well, because there's more of a, a uh, there's like a a thing where you and your buddies are playing everyone else dies you're the last one and it's like oh come on you got this come on and it it, it makes it a little bit more enticing a little more fun um throwing enemies into the air comboing with each other when you're playing by yourself right. it's just a bunch of enemies you're doing the same move over and over again and you you kill a guy and then you know what i mean i, I see what you mean for sure yeah but i'm gonna make so. you play this one okay all right, all right well moving on josh we're gonna talk about a game that I haven't played, you haven't played, I've been really interested in playing, uh, mm -hmm. and it's Rust. Yes. Wildly popular game. Hugely popular. Coming to consoles very soon. Right now, it's PC only. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, there has been some devastating news, Josh. Rip. Rust developer Face Punch Studios warns European players of a massive data loss after a fire. So the news story goes that many Rust players in Europe have unexpectedly lost their servers after a fire. According to developer FacePunch Studios, a fire at a data center destroyed 25 servers, and the data from those servers has been lost forever. The fire occurred at the OVH data center in Strasbourg, Germany. It completely destroyed one of the OVH buildings and damaged another. While the fire was large enough to take the entire four-building OVH data center offline, everyone was safely evacuated and will remain largely. Oh, and it will uh, re remain largely offline until next week. So the good thing is, no one died, no one got hurt. 
every everyone's okay. Uh, however, Josh, uh, everyone lost all their shit in the game. Sad. But it's not that sad. Because I learned after reading the headline, that sounds devastating. This sounds so awful for, uh, well, first of all, it's awful for the people, you know, that work in that building. It's awful for the people that own that building. There was a fire that's always awful. And, you know, I just, I just want that to be said. But the problem for Rust players is not as bad as I thought. Because Josh, Face Punch Studios wipes every server monthly. So basically to save space and to save, you know, data, they wipe every server every month. Everything you've done, all the bases you've built, it's all gone. I didn't know that was a there's thing in Rust. There's no player data saved at all? I don't, from what I read, no, it, everything is gone. Oh, well, then they just cleared them early, dude. <laughs> exactly. They just cleared out early. Oh, except, um, you know, the actual infrastructure for it's gone now, I guess. But yeah, there's probably a lot less servers active that people could actually play in, right? Um, well, yeah, for the EU. But Josh, I'm just thinking about this. And what if that wasn't the case? What if servers weren't wiped monthly? What if it was a game like Valheim or a game like Minecraft where you have these worlds that you've built how would that how would that impact you as a player, Josh? How would you feel if this happened to you? Not good. Hours of work lost. It's just Dude, if it, we lost everything in Valheim, I might cry. Me too. So it just goes to show like online gaming is cool and you know, always online games are are fine. But something like this could potentially wipe all of your progress, everything off the map. Um, what about a game like Apex Legends? What, what if your player uh, data, you know? Uh, no, 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 that's not possible. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it sucks, right? Because it's hundreds of hours um, of stuff on there. I think this actually, to bring up an additional point, I think we were actually talking about it in our group chat this week with all of our friends about like, like, um, uh, crypto mining and stuff like that. And the infrastructure that it takes to be able to do those things, right. Where house computers and data and servers and stuff like that. And how much of like a impact that has like on the environment because of everything that's needed. And, you know, that's stuff that constantly has to be updated and changed and swapped out causes a lot of e-waste, um, a lot of waste in general stuff that, you know, is never going to be, um, you know, be able to be like recycled or anything like that. It's just, you know, it's bad. Um, I think that if somebody can figure out a way to somehow create some sort of database that doesn't require either as much or any actual physical hardware space to store data, I think that human being is going to be rich as fuck. I think so too. Um, and I think that it's possible via AI and stuff like that and cloud-based things but to figure out some sort of way to host that information without having a physical, you know, centralized operation center for it. Yeah. Um, and whoever can figure that out, let me know, because I want to be in on the ground level of that. <laughs> Josh, what if they had a server center in space? Oh. Hmm. It's still a physical location, but... An interesting concept. It's but then that's space, that's space waste. 
we have a lot of space to waste. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I know. So yeah, I thought this was just an interesting story. Um, you know, a lot of people might have been concerned more so like I was when you first read the headline. Um, yeah, Rust wipes servers every month. So people didn't really lose much. If they were in the middle of something, you know, I'm assuming this is the type of thing that you would prepare for. You knew that the, the wipe was coming. So you would, you know, end yeah. your activities at the end of the month. So if you were in the middle of something, it sucks. You lost all your shit. Um, but yeah, I just think that, uh, like Josh said, there needs to be a fundamental change in uh, servers. Because like you said, with the crypto mining, with the uh, NFTs, it's going to have a huge impact on our on our uh, environment. So, yeah, I just I think there is a, you know, a train barreling down on us with that issue. Uh, and, you know, from even from like a game dev side of it, if you're going to do an always online games as a service type thing, these are stuff, stuff, things that you'll have to start thinking about. And, you know, traditional server spaces, um, this you know, fire is just a small example of that, of how vulnerable they actually are. And then you also think about like the hacking stuff and look at, you know, the studio that shall not be named. Um, and, you know, I just, I think the industry might need to do a little bit forward thinking here um, and problem solve this stuff before it occurs. Um, because, you know, if it was a game where people, what if it was like user data? What if it was like, you know, oh, you have, $30 in credit on this type of server thing. And now we have no record of it. Like, I don't, you know, I'm just, yeah. I'm, there's a lot of issues with that. So I'm with potential you. I, issues. I so. All right. Okay. Moving on. Final topic for the day, as it always is. Um, indie Intel, a segment where Brett and I talk about some indie games that we think look slick, either on Kickstarter or elsewhere, playing them, showing you all, and letting you all know. Uh, this is a segment we've been doing for a really long time, um, and even before we restarted and stuff and came back. Uh, so this week, we have a very slick game for you all that Brett found called Jutsu Squad. First of all, you're either watching it right now, have already watched it, will be watching it on loop. It looks nuts. It looks slick as fuck. The second this you is... hit play on the trailer, you're like... Um, and it's so short, who knows, maybe the entire trailer will make it into this thing. We'll see. Um, but it looks awesome. This is developed by a team uh, from the Netherlands. So continuing with our um, globetrotting adventures of Indie Intel. Um, it is a 
Jujutsu Squad is a four-player co-op beat-em-up that's all about insane, fast-paced action with colorful 2D graphics. Jujutsu Squad is all about fast-paced, cartoony action, action and wacky, chaotic battles. It has the freedom and accessibility of games like Streets of Rage and Final Fight, but with the speed and intensity of games such as Guilty Gear, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, and Super Smash Bros. I love this. What are your thoughts? Style of all the sprites, they look so good. They do look really good, um, and the just the animation work too looks. I mean, looking at the trailer itself, right? There is so much animation going on, including in the background and stuff. I mean, so this game has been in development. I think they said on the page somewhere for a little over a year before they started this Kickstarter. There is a lot of work and detail going into this, even just from like the one minute trailer they have on Kickstarter. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking at all the uh, images they have here on their Kickstarter page. First of all, this this project was backed so fucking hard. Oh, my God. It had the fuck funded out of it. They only wanted seventeen thousand nine hundred and twenty nine dollars and they're already at sixty four thousand six hundred and twenty three dollars with yeah. 11 days to go as of the time we are recording this. Right. So, um, um, there will be, there will be, when you're all watching this, there'll be more time, um, to fund it. If you're interested, they have some cool, um, backer rewards and stuff like that, including the game, obviously also important to note, um, that there is a free demo for the game right now that you can play. Um, obviously link will be in the description if you want to check it out. Um, yeah. So, what else, Brett? So I'm looking here, Josh. It looks as if they were trying to fund this game in March of, wait. Okay, last year, March of, of uh, 2020, they tried to fund this game. It only got $20,000, and they were looking for $59,000. Hmm. The Kickstarter was postponed due to the coronavirus. Hmm. So they came back. And fucking blew it out of the water. And they were asking yeah. for a lot less, too. Yeah, and they exceeded their previous goal, even. Yeah. Um, they and were 100% so, funded in 24 hours. Yeah, so they're at $65,000 right now. And looking at some of the stretch goals, of which they haven't updated this yet because they have met them. They have... So just some of their previous ones, they added speed run, art gallery in the game, boss rush mode. Now we're going to get a surfing stage, a stage remix mode, and a live orchestra medley. Um, and looking at some of these other stuff, they have a tower challenge at 70 and a new game plus at 75,000. Um, I think they're probably going to get there. So very nice. I'm looking at some of the, the rewards you can get. They have like motherfucking fighting sticks to play the game yeah. you could get if you pledge 250 bucks arcade mm -hmm. sticks um you get your name in the background of levels so there's a lot of opportunity here um you can get your mm -hmm. own arcade cabinet for 8000 euros so yeah a lot of potential here the game is coming to i see the platforms here Definitely ps4 steam. yeah ps4 switch steam and in the arcade okay so that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so yeah, check it out. Back the game. Um, you can get a digital copy of the game for I think just at the twelve buck something like that category tier. Yep. Um, you know, it's um, it looks slick. 
it looks very slick. So that's right. Go uh, try it out. Try the demo. Yeah. Jutsu Squad, check it out, folks. All, All right, Josh. That brings us to the end. It does. Have to cast episode 36. It does. A little bit of a shorter one this week, but that's because we didn't have any we didn't have our any running segments going on. Um, but listen, I still enjoyed it. Yeah. We had what three three topics or two topics or three topics? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, we had good conversations. That's all that matters. Yeah. Um, but that being said, we uh, you know, we're looking probably to do some other sort of recurring um segment topic whatever it is um we posted posed some of that on twitter i think we did you said something somewhere about things to let us in the description of our last video i, I oh, said, okay okay you know, if you're yeah. interested in in this or that or this or that let us know yeah so if you haven't seen the haptics top 10 games of all time video make sure you check that out leave a you know comment in there or on this video as well um and yeah, we'll 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 see what everybody wants. Maybe we'll put out a poll or something, um, and we'll get a new recurring segment going. So if you're interested in that, you know, make sure that you you let us know. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, make sure you like, you comment, you subscribe, you share with your friends. We are approaching still 400 subscribers. We're a lot closer. We are almost there. It is just on the tip of our tongues. Close. We're close. Um, make sure you do that. Uh, any little bit helps. Um, anything else, Brett? We are going to be having a live stream coming right. soon. The teaser was at the top of the pod. If you skipped over it and you missed it and you're here now, go check it out. It's going to be uploaded to our channel by itself. We don't know what the trailer or teaser looks like yet because we haven't made it yet. So hopefully you like it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, everybody, see you later. Thank you for watching Hapticast. Please like and subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you do not miss an upload.